Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Welcome everyone to Decatur. We're happy to kick off our season at the birthplace of our franchise. We have a special season ahead of us as we head into our 100 year anniversary. It's an honor to be starting it right here. We know we have a lot of hard work ahead of us. We feel we have the right people in place and we're excited to get started. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? From Bears Training Camp in Bourbon A. We're happy with our offseason. We're happy with our free agency and with our draft. And our goal now is to develop these young guys. With WGN's Adam Hogue. From the athletic, Adam Johns. T minus 10 seconds. With special guest, the architect of what could become a dynasty, the man who helps make your Sundays fun days, Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Pace. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. That's right, the man who makes Sunday fun day. (laughs) When's the last time you you had an old, good old-fashioned, college-like Sunday fun day? I'm talking... Beer in the cooler. Well, we went to Decatur two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm serious. You know, burgers on the grill, bags all day. I don't know. That's a good question. We're getting old. I'm too friend. old to remember that. Yeah, different life. What a life. But this is it. This is it. You heard it right there. This is the episode. Ryan Pace coming back on the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, we've done this four years in a row. Four years. This is our fifth year of the podcast and fifth year of Ryan Pace's general managership, if that's a thing I can say. You just made up a word, but That's cool. fine. It I works. like to make up words on the podcast. It works. And um, this is the Ryan Pace episode. I know everyone's been looking forward to it, so um, yeah. This is it. We'll get we'll get into the interview here very quickly. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E at Adam Johns J A H N S. Read us at wgnradio.com slash Bears. New ten Bears things coming up soon here. Uh, read Adam Johns at the Athletic, theathletic.com and the Athletic app. Now in Europe, if you're into that type of football, you guys are taking over the world. Yes, we are. Yes, we. Pretty soon you're going to be doing non-sports, and then it's not. <laughs> what? I'm not. You start covering I, the I president. Don't, I don't know anything else. Yeah, start covering presidents. Go po- going to politi- politics. Yeah, what, what would we call that? Yeah, I don't know. The athletic is taking over the world, um, and you're a part of it. So congratulations. Thank this you. podcast is a part of it. Yes, it is. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. Please tell your friend about it. Um, hey, the only place you can hear Ryan Pace right now on a podcast is here. So tell your friends, hey, go listen to the general manager of the Chicago Bears. Talk some football. Rate and review. He actually genuinely likes doing this. I think it's like right in the... We like doing this at this time, too. You're in the middle of camp. There's practices to digest. And, you know, there's tangible things that you can look at from the practice field and discuss right here. Yeah. We've done them in different situations, too, or different locales. Foxborough was the Fox, first one. Foxborough, House Hall, a couple here in the what? Is, what is this? The not the Family Center. The 
I don't know, the big building in Olivet Nazarene University. The big building with all the, the fancy the, athletic the, the big building with stuff. the climbing wall. Yeah. The NAI school with all the fancy Those athletic nice stuff pools, because the Bears are nice here. pools. Yes, they are. They are. Um, yeah, last year we did this a little bit later. It was almost the end of the preseason because of the Roquan Smith holdout and everything, and that was understandable, so we pushed it back a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, always fun to talk to Ryan Pace here in Bourbon A. So, should we dive right in with Let's it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Here's the general manager on the Hogan Johns podcast. Well, we're in the middle of training camp here in Bourbon A, and uh, for the fourth straight year, joined by the general manager, Ryan Pace, who's kind enough to take some time and talk to us here in the middle of training camp. Always like to get this perspective now that we're kind of have uh, a lot of practices in the books and things like that. I know our listeners really appreciate it, Ryan. So thanks again for coming on. No, thanks, guys. I, I'm glad to come on. We're kind of, yeah, you're right. We're in the middle of camp. Today was kind of the one of those dog days of camp. So it was good to see our guys push through it. I want to start with number 52 because last year, well, he wasn't here. Um, he wasn't, I guess he was kind of on the radar, but... Oh my gosh, is he a good football player when you get to see him every single day? Um, I was joking around with Jared Payton earlier, but I'm like, whoa, Bobby Massey and Charles Leno must be sore after days like this. Just what are your, your thoughts on Mac? I mean, when you see him every single day here in Bourbon yeah, You know, it's, it's how talented he is, but then also how hard he practices. I mean, he's 100 miles an hour every snap. I forget you guys really haven't seen him practice until this camp. Um, that's just how he operates, you know, and it's infectious to the rest of the team. We've said that all along, and he makes everybody better around him, and right now he's making our offensive players better too. So last year on this podcast, we we brought up that Cleo Mack trade to you. It was like a week before it happened. You did a good job of dodging it. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, yeah, we were right in the middle of it now. And we didn't know that at the time. I think we probably were, eh, it could be a possibility, but probably not. You mask things pretty well. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, probably at that point, it wasn't as realistic as it ended up becoming as the preseason progressed. So maybe I was being honest. So any big trades you want to announce right now? Oh, no, nothing okay. going on yet. <laughs> it's, it's the little things that he does. He, he hustles a lot in the field. Uh, it was I want to say it was Saturday, the first day of hitting, when Nagy, Coach Nagy calls over the defense for the first time. He's the first person from the defense to, to join the offense, you know, for the goal line drills. And it's him goofing around with his teammates, you know, but before the snap, um, like uh, the hot potato ball, whatever you want to call it. It's those little things like that. Well, like, what have you noticed that I know you had a full season with them, but um, those things are starting to stand out to me. What, what have you noticed maybe in some of the intangible qualities that are starting to show through There's with Cleo? So many things, guys. I mean, first off, he's the same guy every day. So, for example, what you're talking about, sprinting out onto the field when the defense starts a series and it becomes competitive. Now they're all racing onto the field. That's just one of the things he does. And um, he's such a good teammate. He's such a unselfish player. And he's and he's that way every single day. You know, he's a guy who, as you guys probably know, doesn't really like the spot light on him he'd rather deflect that onto his teammates which i think is a great quality um but he brings it every single day and he makes everybody better around him you know we talk about a multiplier uh, that's what he is so when we were at the bears 100 thing back in june uh there was, there was a panel with josh lucas and and champ and and uh, mark sadowski and they kind of Josh went in a little bit of this, the story of the trade, and it was really fascinating to hear it all. And he was joking around about how he's always the last guy to arrive everywhere, and so he was late to the 
the suite that night that you guys sit in, and he just knew right away something was going down. What do you remember about, because that was the last preseason game, what do you remember about that 24 hours right there? I'm sure it was a little bit of a whirlwind where things just started to come together real fast to the point where you knew, okay, we got this guy. Yeah, for sure. That last preseason game, we're, we're really sitting in our booth, and you know, you're, that's an important game for us as evaluators, the fourth preseason game. You're watching all the young guys play, but in my mind, of course, you know, it's pretty wrapped up on that trade, and you know, this I could feel it getting really close at that moment. So, really, up until that time period, uh, for me, is when it felt okay. I think this is a very realistic possibility that this could happen, and just making sure we were communicating. You know, Matt and I, ownership, Ted, all of us on the same page because it's going to be a obviously a huge move for the organization, and having everybody's support. I think when I look back on that moment, I think that's when the relationship that I have with George, the relationship that I have with Ted, the, the relationship Matt and I have, when we're all connected like that to make a big move like that, um, you need that, and it just gives you more confidence to pull the trigger. Before we move over to Trubisky and the offense, just the way the defense is playing, fast, hungry. I feel like Roquan Smith is all over the field. For a guy who put this together, what are you seeing? What's standing out to you as Chuck Pagano takes over um, what could be a very special unit? I, you know, our scouts were all in here, and I was comp- complimenting them because we all put this together. It's a it's a hard work from a ton of guys, and I think Chuck's done a great job kind of mixing in with this defense, with the personnel we have and then what he likes to do. Um, and I think his staff has been outstanding too. And we had a lot of new coaches on that side of the ball, and every one of them have been excellent. And the players have really taken to it. But, Adam, you're right. They play right now. They're playing really fast. They're playing really aggressive. Uh, you can tell there's not a lot of thinking going on. There's a lot of instincts. Um, that's really good for us to see. Mitch says they're cheating. <laughs> Not his words, but reporters' words, but he went with them. You know, I think there's a good mixture over there because you have you have a lot of young talent, but then you have some veteran experience. I, I was Champ Kelly and I were just talking today about our secondary and how intelligent they all are, every one of them. And I there's a lot of experience in that secondary. And I think you know when they go against our offense as much as they do, they've picked up on some things. They know they know kind of what's coming sometimes beforehand, but that just comes with their intelligence and their experience. We talk about a guy like Fuller. Fuller watches more tape than anybody I've been around um and and those kind of things uh allow you to you know to take chances and 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 play fast so coordinator changes can be tricky sometimes what about this situation with pagano has made i mean granted there's no games have been played obviously but it, it seems like it's been pretty seamless and what how important was matt Nagy? in what's transpired so far with that coordinator change. It was was huge. I think when we hire any coach, definitely any coordinator, for us, we look at it like a UFA move. You know, it's that significant for us. So obviously there's a lot of thought, a lot of time put into it, a lot of research put into it. And, uh, you know, Matt had a lot of conviction on Chuck, and we've heard a lot of great things about Chuck, and all of it's come to be true. And I think he's, he's not only very intelligent but he's just great with people you know and I think players want to play hard for him he's been around a lot of great players I think our players sense that and uh again it's gone it's gone really smooth you know we haven't played a game yet and we got a lot of hard work to do but uh Chuck's done an excellent job as someone who I mean how many years did you spend with Breeze seven eight or, or something like that as you evaluate quarterback play especially in, in camp 
uh, Mitch Diddy was telling was telling us how there's there's new plays in it and how they're just they're still testing certain things out. And Dave Ragone was saying how they want him to take more risks and to force some throws. So I'm just curious in your experiences in, in your seat, how do you evaluate what like what's the proper way to to view maybe the up the ebbs and flows the ups and downs yeah. that Mitch is having in camp. I think it's it's normal this time of year to, to see that you know especially at the position as they're trying new things and they're trying new plays, uh, they're developing uh, new chemistry between receivers, and I, I think it's you see all the quarterbacks going through it. Um, all three of our quarterbacks, quarterbacks on other teams, that's just part of the process, you know. And and I think this is the time to test those things. And then you know we have the benefit too behind the scenes to go watch tape as a group and understand okay this is why he made this throw or this receiver could have maybe done this a little bit better or the defense presented this challenge Um, but I think what we feel is steady growth from a young quarterback really developing before our eyes and um, yeah there are are ebbs and flows with that just like there are any position it's just magnified of course with the quarterback so how do you balance that with you know some of those chances that are being taken I was pointing out the other day to, to some fans on Twitter like this is a one-on-one drill there's no there's no check down there's no other option to throw the ball so don't get on Mitch for throwing an interception in that kind of situation but how, how do you balance that the mindset of some of these training camp practices where you're going to take chances to then how you want his mindset to be week one against Green Bay when let's Let's be honest, I think we learned from Matt Nagy last year that there might not be a ton of playing time for the starters in the preseason. Yeah, I think with us, when we're evaluating these things, you're saying, okay, you know, what's going on pre-snap? Is he making the right identifications? What's going on with the protection? And then once the ball snapped, you know, how is he, you know, processing the field? Um, is he going the right place with the ball? And these, this is not just Mitch. This is we're evaluating all the quarterbacks right now. And then, and then finally, you know, what's the ball placement like? And we talk about that. Um, and I think going against the defense that we're going against there's not going to be a lot of space that's just how it is and there's going to be guys in your face there's going to be a noisy pocket that's just part of it and I think that makes all of them better so we hear it all the time though the with the interceptions and the, the our readers at the athletic our, our listeners here I'm sure they're they see the interceptions on Twitter and they, they wonder what's going on what, what would you tell them as somebody who, who knows the play call who knows the defense who knows what Matt wants. What would you tell them to maybe ease their concerns? I would say first, I appreciate like how locked in our fans on our. You know, <laughs> how, you know, we talk about being obsessed. We have obsessed fans, and I love that. I think um, part of it is just like you guys said earlier. It's it's part of training camp. It's part of practice. You know, that's what's happening. Um, and I think they're testing things out. And then I think sometimes you have to credit our defense too. We have a great defense that are flying around right now, and we got a lot of good players on that side of the ball. So it's a little bit of both. It's it, you know, it's an offense that's growing. Um, we're we're trying new things with a lot of new pieces and we have a really good defense so you mentioned and Matt Nagy talked about this after practice today too sluggish day sometimes that happens in the middle of camp coming off an off day what I found interesting is you know sometimes coaches would start screaming yelling in situations like that Matt's out there throwing touchdown passes in the middle of practice and what he considers a sluggish practice and then he's trash talking afterwards. I don't know if you saw this, but he called Prince old and uh, said he's going to play the Kyle, the one on Kyle Fuller in the team meeting. 
what impresses you most about how he's able to keep things loose in, in some of these situations where uh, some coaches might handle it a completely different way? Because he's just being him. You know, that's just how he is. That's how he is behind the scenes around us. That's just how he is. So today was a great example, as you said, is him staying on our team and pushing the gas pedal. Because today's a day where teams can easily back off. It's human nature right now to want to back off. And Matt's pushing them, and he's on to the details. And you can hear him uh, talking to different position groups about the details, but then also having fun at the same time. And I think that he just has the perfect blend of that. Um, and he's he's really onto the details of the team, um, which I appreciate. And he knows how to have fun with them and keep it loose. You know? Which competitions are starting to, to impress you? For, for me, um, it's wide receiver. Like guys, like a guy like Javon Wims, who seems to be making a big plays, big catches every single day. And we knew that was a pretty deep group, but here he is, a seventh round pick, seems to be coming in, into his own per se. What, what competitions? Maybe it's receiver, but what competitions are you seeing really take hold here? I mean, when you say that, I'm the first two that jump out our receivers and the kicker competition, obviously. But the receivers, yeah, Wims has had a, had a great camp, you know, and he's getting better and better. And um, I mean, Ridley's kind of worked back in today. It'll be fun to see him practicing. But we have a lot of depth at that position, so watching that play out this preseason is going to be um, important for us to evaluate. Uh, the kickers is another big one. And, you know, they've, they've started off well, and we got to see them do it throughout these preseason games. Yeah, what uh, what do they really have to show? Is it just longevity of you know stacking successful days because you know today was probably maybe the first disappointing day in that competition for the most part it's it it seems like they're bringing out the best in each other and then you know for whatever reason today was was not as good but at what point do, are do you think you're going to be able to to look at that and say all right we think we have a guy who's good enough to kick for a team that you obviously think is going to be very good this year. Yeah, I think we'll have clarity as we have more time in these preseason games play out. But I think you said a consistency from these guys. Um, right now, it's close, and that's a good thing. You got two young, talented kickers that are making each other better through this competition. Um, but I think how they handle adversity, like today, they missed a couple kicks. Well, how do they come back out tomorrow and kick? Those kind of things will be important. Seeing them kick, I know it's preseason games, but seeing them kick in game situations. Uh, handling different types of pressure. It'll be important for us. And I mean, that's a, to us, that's a day by day evaluation on both those guys. And thus far, it's been pretty good, but we're still early in the process. I'm curious, what have you learned about? Their intangibles, their their personalities. Uh, of course, everybody still remembers Robbie Gold here, and you know he wasn't your typical everyday kicker. There's a little bravado there, a little bit more brashness that I would say the typical typical kicker doesn't have. But in terms of these guys who have been thrown through, you know, eight player kicking competitions to you know having a gust of silence, what what have you learned more about their persona, their their intangibles? I think both of them, just their perseverance and uh, their inner confidence, both of them. They've both come up a unique pass. You know, Fry, you know, having kicked in the AAF and had that experience. He was out of football for a little bit. And, and Panero, you know, he didn't start kicking until a little bit later in life and kind of the path he's taken. So the, the, the perseverance and, and confidence, I think, is what they've shown as we've gone through this kicking battle that's still ongoing. So those of us that are kind of immersed in covering your team and I, th- I think some of the fans too that are you know obsessed like like you said earlier tend to want to jump ahead sometimes and look at long-term contracts and things like that but that's actually a huge part of your job to always be doing that so my question to you is is you've had this good run of, of good drafting 
now you have a talented roster and you know that's going to come with its own challenges here in, in the future. So the question is, was it is your job easier or harder with a more talented roster than like when you were at the ground zero rebuilding it? Does it actually get harder as the roster gets better? I think it's a good problem if that right. happens like that. You know, if we if we're drafting and developing, which we always say, and we have to make hard decisions, no different than we are in this fifty three cut. But like you're talking about going forward in future sure. years, that's going to be a good problem for us to have. You know, and I think um, we just got to identify who our core guys are. Uh, you know, try to retain those those players uh, and, and then just continue to draft well to continue to restock you know and, and you see good teams around the league you know occasionally lose a guy here or there and then you get compensatory picks and this thing and it's almost like the rich get richer you know and I think but the key is the base of the whole thing is to continue to draft well how much are you constantly paying attention to trends in the league I mean the thing right now that fascinates me is what's going on with some of these running back holdouts across the league where you have guys who are drafted in the first round and are obviously very good players but you can also understand why the 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 teams don't necessarily want to shell out a huge contract because of that position and just how it's evolved over the time so as a general manager i'm sure you got to keep your tabs on that all time and learn from other teams experiences we do we we follow it's but you know the successful teams especially and in who's sustaining it and what they're doing and but i think with any of these contracts or with any of these positions uh they really are case-by-case basis and you never really know what's going on behind the scenes internally with that organization Um, so we do what we feel best for the Bears, but we're watching that and and especially tracking the teams that have have been good and have been able to sustain it for a while. Speaking of running back, you you did briefly mention it there, my friend Adam. Dave Montgomery ran a couple guys over a couple days ago. I I know this is what you guys anticipated um, in drafting him, but just in terms of what he's starting to show you uh, maybe in every snap, every down basis, whether it's in, in pass protection or you know his route running improving, what are you starting to see in terms of him maybe becoming an every down guy? Yeah, honestly, none of it surprises. This is exactly what we saw on tape, and exactly what we thought he would be for us. And again, it's still early; we know that. But um, that whole position, from Tariq to Mike Davis to Montgomery to Nall to Kareth White, like the, the whole the whole position, uh, we feel strong about. And uh, yeah, with David, we talk about his vision, we talk about his instincts, his pad level, and I think the play you're talking about, you feel his strength and his contact balance, and that was a major asset for him at Iowa State, and I think you're going to see that showcased when we're going live in these preseason games when we're really tackling. Yeah, that, I mean, it seemed to, and I was talking to Charles London today about this, it seemed to get the whole team juiced when he ran over those guys. I mean, yeah, you don't go live a whole lot. And so when you finally get that opportunity to see your draft pick, have the opportunity to really run a guy over and do it, it's got to get everyone pretty excited. Yeah, I think the vets are looking at these young players and looking at the rookies and seeing what they can do. And I think when you see a play like that, that's just that's toughness, grit, and, and determination on that run, which, which he shows a lot. So it was good to see. It was good for our team to see, but I think you're going to see a lot more of it. So with, with Trey Burton, I, you, you guys, um, he's such an important part of this offense and Matt Nagy system and you, you do you do so much homework on these guys but you can you never really know how things are going to play out how, mu- how much were you aware of this ongoing growing issue that he's had and obviously had corrected hopefully this offseason um, and of course I'm bringing this up because 
I was actually surprised at how much he was practicing. It seemed like he was good to go, and then now he's gotten some time off. I, I feel like we got a hold of it. I, you know, the, the surgery he had in the offseason was necessary, and now we're at a point where, you know, Matt and I talk about just just being smart, just being smart about how we're handling his return. And um, our, our target, our, you know, our goal is to have him in 100% uh, for week one for Green Bay and so we just need to be smart right now with a blend of working him back in but doing it in a progressive manner where uh, he's 100% for week one another guy in his position um, I wanted to briefly mention is Bradley Soul. when you have a conversation with a guy like that I mean can you just take us in this is a guy who played offensive line for like his entire life doesn't look like an offensive lineman right now like when you have when you discuss a position change like that with the player, what's that like? What what's the tact, and and how do you get the acceptance? You know what's you know what's cool about that is Bradley was pounding the table for that just as much as we were. Like he was he was excited about it. He was he was looking forward to that change. So as we were kind of teetering back and forth, do we want to do this? Do we not? He was one saying, "Let me do it. Let me do it. I'll, you know, I'll show you guys. I'll make you guys right on this." So he goes home for the summer, and basically, I mean, he was Norton. You know, obviously as an offensive lineman, he was in the what three eighteen or something like that. He goes home for the summer and does two-a-days and eats completely clean and comes back here in the 270s. So it, t- it shows you his dedication and it shows you how much of a team player he is. We mentioned trends earlier and Adam and I have talked about this a lot just with with what Soul's doing and Cordell Patterson who, who's this Trojan role that, that Matt says and you got three Cohen who's all over the field. What type of trend is this? I'm just—is it a trend when you have guys who do many things? Yes, maybe Cohen is specifically running back, but he could be a pretty good slot receiver if need be too. He could be all over the field. I'm just curious in in terms of like roster building, and you have guys who could do so many different things. Like, how does this kind of quantify when you're deciding to keep you know maybe six receivers, four tight ends, and things like that? I think it, you're right. I think it helps you when you construct your your final 53. I think versatility with any player is huge. I think the Patriots are a great example of that, not just on offense but defense as well. And I think it makes you unpredictable on offense when you have those type of pieces and you can move them around. Well, we know that uh, your schedule here in Bourbonnais is always tight and there's always things that get accomplished here in training camp. But uh, thanks for squeezing us in today. Again, I know our listeners always love this conversation every year. So thanks again, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right, there he is, Ryan Pace. Good job by you to get your Bradley Sowell question in. Sowell? Wait, I think that's what we've soul? decided. So well, Sowell? Is, it's Sowell. Everyone says soul, but it's supposed to be Sowell. There's six letters in this name. Why is it so difficult to pronounce? I don't know. Okay. Why don't you go ask him what his name is? I will. I will. <laughs> so Bradley Soul, Sowell, Sowell. You know, part of this is coming from Larry Mayer, so maybe he's not oh, the he's best wrong. source Never on mind. this. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you think? What do you think of the general manager? Um, good stuff as always. I mean, he's... I think he puts the Trubisky stuff in perspective, which I think actually, for the most part, we have been doing. I'm not just talking about you and me, but actually all of the media down here. I don't think anyone has been making a big deal out of interceptions here and there. Right. No one's overreacting. I, I think that's the smart play here. Um, I think you can also, and I may have been guilty of this a little bit too, is overrating how good the defense... I mean, I'm not overrating how good the defense is, but the impact it's had on Trubisky, like, you can't just put all the blame on that. Um, 
But at the same time, I think what what Ryan there was able to explain to fans that we can't... I mean, we sort of mention it, but we can't harp on it as much is we... Every play down here is scripted. Every situation, for the most part, you know... Now, when they go ones versus ones, Pagano's throwing stuff at them, too, and there is an actual There's competition. There's no game planning, yeah, yeah. But there's certain things that these coaches want to accomplish every single day. So there's going to be a different mindset between a practice in Bourbonnet, where you might see them take more chances, versus the mindset they want to get Trubisky in week one against the Packers, which is going to be more of facilitating the offense, taking what the defense is giving you, making the correct reads, and getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers. That's not always the goal of each one of these practices out here in Bourbon. Well, no, well, I will add that the Bears always want him to be aggressive. Matt Nagy wants him to be aggressive. Here, they're reminding him to be maybe overly aggressive. Like, hey, you know, Mitch, take a chance if you think it's there. Force the ball if you have to. We've seen a couple of those throws where he, he winds up and forces it into tight windows just to see what he could get away with. With a new play call. That's another thing. They're installing new plays. Yes, they built up a, a I don't know, a, a whole a bunch of things that they like, but they're still adding new wrinkles. 202, of course there's going to be new plays being thrown in, and the defense is going to try to combat those as best they can. So, look, I, I get that people don't like reading about Mitch Trubisky throwing interceptions, but I took note of this about one of his interceptions today. It was the one to, that Prince Mukamara picked up right in front of the end zone. So out there with him at that time, this is with the starting offense against the starting defense. The starting offense consisted of Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Mike Davis, Tanner Gentry, Ben Broniker, and I'm forgetting his name. He's the speedster you like from Atlanta, Marvin Hall. Marvin Hall. A lot of those guys aren't going to play together. It's not going to be a personnel grouping for the Bears this year. And they were going against the Bears starting a defense in 7-on-7 drills. So every interception, every throw almost, needs context and perspective. Absolutely. Um, He still threw the ball in the double coverage there trying to force it to Allen Robinson and the the defender, Prince of Mukumar, made a nice play. That's fine. That's fine. Could be an example of him being overly aggressive. And then he came back a couple plays later with a dart. Allen Robinson. Yes, beautiful With, throw. Nice I'm, throw. I'm not nice worried catch. about. I, that's one of those cases where, where I feel like he's trying to see what he could get away with with Robinson. We see it every year with so many different teams. Like look at the Sean Watson and the DeAndre Hopkins. How many throws you just like? It's an ugly throw, but all of a sudden Hopkins comes up with it. You have to test these things out. Ed, to, to me, that's maybe an example of that. I'm not trying to let him off the hook. But again, if you have some context and some perspective, at least if you're trusting what the Bears are saying, that's an example of well, it. Well, look, today is August 5th. The first game is September 5th. So there's there's a we month. We should note that you just checked the date on your phone. I have no, the, We talked about this before. I totally lose track of days <laughs> down here in Bourbon A. I just double-checked. I was pretty sure it's August 5th because I'm, you know, that's when my mortgage is due. So I usually know when the 5th is. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Since we're on the topic of Trubisky, assistant coaches talked today at after practice, and we had a chance to uh, jump in real quick with Dave Ragone, the Bears quarterbacks coach, who is um, always pretty good at talking about Mitch Trubisky and has been here with Mitch from the start uh, because he was a carryover from John Fox's staff. 
So this is just a short little clip, but you and I had a chance to get some questions in and, and, and talk to him. So uh, here's here's part of that short Q&A with Dave Ragone. So you guys talked all offseason about Mitch going from 101 to 202. Mm-hmm. How have you seen that translate so far on the practice field now that they're in pads going through full practices? Yeah, I think first and foremost, there, there's things that we ask of them, uh, not just uh, when the play snapped, uh, some pre-snap things. Um, that is asked of him that he's that he's getting better at that he's taking the next step at that he's asking the right questions so a lot of that's the mental part of it um some of the physical part obviously is getting to the next play within the play um the adjustments necessary and the the third part is getting the timing the footwork uh feeling confident knowing what you're seeing and the the great thing is he's being challenged each day uh, by what coach pagano is bringing out there and it's you know we embrace that and the quarterback room and there's things we can grow from and the whole growth mentality is all in place and so far so far that's been good for us to look at those things have conversation about them and then try to fix the things we need to get better at the next day how are you guys balancing maybe his interceptions the mistakes against uh like Matt Nagy just said just trying to test things out still yeah I, I think you guys have been around coach Nags right long enough um He's a great coach to play quarterback for, uh, specifically in these type of settings in training camp because he allows you to go out there, uh, test some throws to see what you can get away with. And we're constantly pushing that mentality, specifically in some of the drills, the seven-on-sevens of the world of, hey, you know, if there's a throw that you think you want to try to make and the coverage allows it, test it. Um, It's not don't look over your shoulder. We want to see what you can and can't get away with so that when that play potentially comes up in a game you have some kind of experience or equity to go back on if you can or can't make it so we look at it completely different and we tell the quarterback that completely different of hey push the envelope see what you can get away with see if you can make that throw to a rob and if you felt like you could but you just missed it try it again Um, that's a big thing for us this is the time of year where the offense faces the number one offense faces number one defense, and he's being tested right now by one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. How is that helping him, and how is it also sometimes making it hard to evaluate what he's doing every day? Yeah, it goes back to what I just said. It's one of those where we accept this. It's it's a great challenge, um, but that doesn't mean we don't go out there and you know we try to obviously knock down the defense and compete. Um, but we realize that. Look, you're going against an experienced secondary, a front seven that, you know, provides and represents challenges of some things, and they're playing with confidence and aggressiveness. So we look at that as if, hey, let's match that. And if we don't match it, why didn't we match it? And it's, it's a constant each play, you know, chess match for us. And look... This is when you want to be tested at quarterback. You want to you want to go through it in training camp. You want to go through it when you get your chance in preseason, because once the regular season hits, you're you know you're into some scout team looks and all that. You want your best first best, and this is a time where you're going to see you know what you need to get better at, what you got better at, and then move on from there with the next play mentality. So we're all for this. This is good for us. So a lot of the same topics there that we that we've been talking about and putting Trubisky's throws. You know, with some context. Same thing Ryan Pace was talking about earlier. Look, the bottom line, this is why I followed up with Pace on this. Just going to have to be patient and evaluate it. Ultimately, for Mitch, it comes down to what happens in these games. Okay? And I'm not talking about the preseason games. I'm talking about 
the real games that start a month from now. Because I don't know about you, but I, unless he's uh, you know trying to throw everybody off for some reason. I feel like these starters are going to play even less than they did last year in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Because Nagy keeps he's hinting very, at he's that. He's very tongue-in-cheek. They may not play at all. I'm starting to come over to come around to that opinion. It wouldn't shock me. I'm, I still think they'll play in New York in the second game, at least a little bit. One series. Because they did last year. But you also got to remember, that was the game Adam Shaheen got hurt. And that turned out to be a big deal. That turned out to be a very big deal. I think you're still kind of feeling the effects of Adam Shaheen being hurt because they're still trying to... Kevin Gilbride today, the Bears tight end coach, got to get healthy, got to be healthy, got to be out there on the field. You know, it's still a thing with him, and I still wonder, you know, what would what would last year have been had that injury not happened in Denver? Now, maybe he would have gotten hurt a week later uh, against Kansas City. Actually, he wouldn't have because the starters didn't play against the Chiefs. So that's kind of my point here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that might be how Matt Nagy's looking at it. They may not play in the preseason. You're already going to sit out. I mean, Akeem Hicks is going to play it all. Khalil Mack shouldn't play it all. When you say it all, you're talking about the whole preseason? The whole preseason. What is the point of playing a Kyle Fuller? Eddie Jackson? Roquan Smith, even. I get that maybe some starters like... Perhaps a uh, um, Abelal Nichols or James Daniels settling in the center may need a, a few snaps. But what's the point? If you're going to rest Kyle Long, and they've rested him here in Bourbon A occasionally, what's the point of throwing James Daniels out there when he doesn't have Kyle Long next to him? We're quite yeah. away here for that, that, that matter. You know, old-time guys will say the only way to simulate football is to play football. You know, I do sidelines for Northwestern. They don't have a preseason. And sometimes the storyline after a loss earlier in the year will be like, oh, well, you know, they're just getting their feet under, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I've seen them come out, beat Stanford in week one a few years ago. They play Stanford again this year. Had a tough game at Purdue last year on the road in front of a full house. Night game in West Lafayette. They won the game. You know what I mean? Like, it. It doesn't take long to get your feet under you and play real football. I think that's something that, you know, as science and football continues to evolve and teams are learning things. If they don't play at all in the preseason, you will not find me on the list of people criticizing them for it. I wouldn't criticize them at all. No, no I wouldn't at all. I, I also understand it if they play a little bit. Yes. I'm not going to go completely the opposite way and criticize them if they do play. But I think that... Nagy and Pace and these guys have kind of figured out that they don't need to play well, a lot. Well, football has changed. Yeah. It really has. And I get what they're saying. you got to bruise yourself, callous yourself into football shape to where you could endure hits more. I get it. But a lot of these guys have been through this. You really don't need to see what Cleo Mack has, can do against who know who, who knows who, you know, for the Carolina Panthers. You don't. You know what Khalil Mack is. You don't, you don't yeah. need to see what Akeem Hicks can do. So I, I get the, the old school approach, but football, it's changed. Health is of the utmost priority, and these teams don't show anything. Anything at all in the preseason anymore. You're not getting a good rep. It's, That's the other It's so thing. vanilla. Like, the things they want Trubisky to execute on the field that he spent his whole offseason working on mentally... They're not showing that in a preseason. No. They're going to do more of that here in Bourbonnais. Yes. In front of fans than they're going to do on TV 
you know, when when all teams get access to that tape too. Think about last year. I mean, the stuff they pulled out in that first half against the Packers, even those of us that have been watching practice didn't see that. Yeah. Didn't see a whole lot of that. No, didn't see that no. whole lot of that here in Bourbonnais. If you're watching closely in some of those practices that were open to at least the media that we still couldn't report on in, in back when they got back to House Hall, we saw some of that stuff. But the Packers were completely caught off guard in that first half, and that's exactly how they want it to be again on September 5th. I, I know what people are going to say. The Patriots play their starters for almost a full game in the preseason. You know what, though? Why not everybody's the Patriots? No one will ever be the Patriots again, in my opinion. What they are is so special. They have a quarterback playing until he's 42. They're the exception to the rule for everything in the NFL. They're just different. They're built differently. Who's to say that, you know what? Maybe they would come to regret if Tom Brady took a freak injury in that. What if they lost Rob Gronkowski? No, he's not on the team, but he's bad a lot of injuries. What if he was lost in the second preseason game against who knows who? You know, there's risks involved, and I get it. You try to mitigate those risks. Don't play them. No, I think, and I think that's why uh, the Bears are going to handle this the way they're going to handle it. Um, I'll be shocked if they play it all on Thursday. The starters, that is. If if anything, it'll just be like a series. But we'll we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, that'll be our next episode post game against the Carolina Panthers. So you're looking forward to watching Tyler Bray, are we? Well, that's the other thing about this. Like, you don't even want to get Chase Daniel hurt. That is true. Did Bray play the whole game last year, the fourth one? Is that right? I think he had to. Did they sign somebody else? I can't remember. I, can't I think remember. he did play the whole thing. Speaking of that Northwestern-Purdue game, that's where I was that night. Because it was at the same time as the Bears' fourth, fifth preseason game. Do you remember that one preseason game that we may or may or may not have seen the future franchise quarterback start the game, leave the game, and come <laughs> back in again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> on the list of inexcusable things that happened under John Fox, that might be the number one. <laughs> they were passing with like a minute left. He took a hit. Last he took a hit. hit. Yeah. In the a last bad one, the fourth one, preseason yeah. game. When it was obvious to anybody, man, that's a question. I'm sure he wouldn't want to answer it, but we should ask Ryan Pace about that. Yes. What was going through your mind a yes. few years ago yes. when? Um, right, Ryan, I, I got this preseason <laughs> plan for you guys. Just let me know how it, how it resonates with you. So we're going to start Trubisky, and then he's going to sit the second and third quarters. But in order for him to gain last minute experience, we're going to put him back in the game yeah. <laughs> at the end. Against a bunch, a bunch against of guys. What do you think? It, it's going to be against a bunch of guys too that know they're getting cut tomorrow and going all and out. And <laughs> they're giving every last ounce on the field because they know it's the last time they're going to be in an NFL game. How do you feel about that? Good plan, right? Wow. Just remember, you know what? That's a great. Remember that when you get angry that Matt Nagy's and not I playing sound the starters. Mean. I know, I know. There's probably a lot more to it, but. I'm not trying. I don't to, think there's much to yeah, it. I know, I know, I know, I know. That was crazy. But that happened. That was real life. Who got hurt to create that situation? Because remember, someone got hurt. Oh, um, Connor Shaw. Yes, he got hurt twice. Right. That's wow. 
And you're shaking your head. Well, because and I'm trying to remember the specifics. Like maybe I mean you have to put a quarterback on the field. Was Trubisky really the only other option? I mean, other than Mike Lennon, who wasn't suited up, right? So it wasn't again. It, yeah. It, so maybe he had to go out there to take the snaps because someone had to do it. But you could have just like literally knelt the ball or handed it off over and over again. And they actually had him throwing passes. Wow. Times have changed, Bears fans. You should be very happy about that. Yes, they um, I don't think there's going to be another Khalil Mack trade this year. But then again, I didn't think there was going to be a Khalil Mack trade last year. Yep. Brian did not promise any trades or so hinted any trades. I mean, if we find out tonight that the Bears traded for Melvin Gordon, I'll be... Uh... <laughs> you don't need a Melvin Gordon. Why is that guy holding out, by the way? Well, that gets at what I hinted at when I was asking... But the guy's had one thousand yard rushing season in his career. Why the heck is he holding out? Well, it's a larger discussion and well, how Le'Veon Bell is a, was one of the best running backs in the game. I get it. Well, and that's the problem. I mean I don't know that you're gonna get that type of money unless you actually hit free agency and find a team that's desperate enough and maybe stupid enough to do that. Because if you're the Chargers right now and you see what's going on with the Rams, they gave Todd Gurley all that money, and now he's banged up just a year later. I mean, it goes. It really goes back to as good as Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon are as players, and they are good, I just I would not draft those guys in the first round. I wouldn't do it because... It's very unlikely that you're going to reach the point of that second contract where everybody's happy and you're willing to pay all the money that they're worth, even if they're good. It's it's still the running back position. You can... You well, can I think there's certain exceptions. I, I, I feel like Zeke Elliott is an exception. That, that offense will not work without him. That team is built around him. That offensive line is for him. But I don't see them giving him all that money. Well, if you're going to pay, who, are you gonna, who would you rather pay? Melvin Gordon, if you're the Chargers. And Philip Rivers obviously said, obviously said you don't, we don't need you as much as you like to think. We're getting way off topic. Here, I know but. we are. But it's still a good NFL topic that intrigues me and has nothing to do with the Bears. Well, it has to do with the Bears and this. Pace has been drafting guys in the third, fourth, fifth rounds when it comes to the running back position. You know, would the Cowboys be better off now if they had drafted Jalen Ramsey instead of Zeke Elliott and then picked a running back later? Wasn't that the Jordan Howard draft, too? I think that was the Jordan yes, Howard draft. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Could have had Jordan Howard. You know what I mean? And obviously, Jordan Howard isn't Zeke Elliott. But is your overall team better if you have Jalen Ramsey and Howard, who still picked up a ton of yardage? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, conversation to have. I, I feel like the, co- the Cowboys have gone through a few corners, too. I it just I just don't imagine if David Montgomery is, you know, the real deal and and has a which all signs so far are very positive. Then the Bears just got a gem in the third round, you know what I mean? And right now the reports out of Philly are Miles Sanders, light years ahead of Jordan Howard. Yeah. Yeah. That was a second round pick. You know, you do not have to get these guys in the the top ten, but anyway, we did get a little off topic there. I like talking about other NFL things too. Sometimes you like football. 
I do. I do like football. I'm excited to see another team on Thursday night. Sounds like the Panthers might play some of their starters. Good. So Give us something to watch. I've been watching uh, the All or Nothing on the Carolina Panthers, which is Amazon's Hard Knocks. Yes. But it's from last year. Like, they show last year's footage. And it's pretty boring. <laughs> oh, I thought people liked the, the, the prank or uh, the Luke Kuechly, Cam Newton phone call with Josh Norman. Yeah, let me say this. It's not boring. If you like football, it's not boring because you still get to see in the inside and outs of an NFL program. It's From that standpoint, it's interesting, but compared to like the Browns on Hard Knocks last year, with all that drama they had going on, it's a lot oh, different. It's the Browns. This one's also way more edited because it comes out you know, nine months Post, later. Yeah. Whereas Hard Knocks comes out weekly during the uh, the uh, preseason. But anyway. All right. We should get out of here. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks again to Ryan Pace for coming on. Uh, the Bears for facilitating that interview. We, we uh, know you guys like having him on here in the preseason. And um, it, it's good to make it happen again this year. I'm feeling sluggish. This is kind of a sluggish day for everybody. Hot day. It was definitely Middle the hottest camp. day. Use a coffee. You always need a coffee. I always need a coffee. The other day you, like, (laughs) wandered into the media room like a zombie, and you were just going, coffee. Yeah. I don't even think you knew you were doing it. It literally happened. Yes, yes, this is real. And and that was, like, your second day of camp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really need one today, my friend. I do, too. Let's go get some coffee. I will not make mall hibachi without it. Yeah, I'm not going to Mall Hibachi. Mall Hibachi, what a what a thing. All right, we're out of here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com, The Athletic. Please subscribe, rate and review the podcast. If you enjoyed the Ryan Pace episode, please rate and review it. And uh, tell your friends. Tell somebody to go listen to it. We appreciate you doing that. We'll talk to you Thursday night. There's football to digest. I don't know how much of it will be groundbreaking football, but we'll we'll, be there. We'll still break it down for you, no matter what happens Thursday night at Soldier Field. Talk to you then. See you guys. So take that and think about that for a little bit.